0: Welcome in, hockey fans, in the desert southwest. It is another edition of Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. In the midst of uh, the COVID-19 slash coronavirus that is going on, um, Scott Strandy here live in Scottsdale, Arizona. Um, My co-host, Stephen Marsh, up in Las Vegas, Nevada. Stephen, how are you today?
1: Uh, I'm doing okay. I'm hanging in there. uh, Just... Taking it day by day and just uh, trying to stay healthy and, and stay strong and get through this uh, this little uh, time that we're in right now.
0: You know, and uh, a little time that it is, but for those that don't know, if you've kind of been under a rock or whatever, Nevada is under a 30-day, um, what do we call it, The quarantine? <laughs> for
2: lack of uh, better
0: words, but tell us not- a little bit about Las Vegas. I know you did last week, but update us again as to how things are going and what the situation is there?
1: Yeah, so the governor uh, Steve Sisolak, like the governor of Nevada, he issued a 30-day closure of non-essential businesses. Uh, so that includes the casinos and includes all, you know, hair, uh, hair salons and uh, nail places and all places that would be deemed non-essential. Uh, it started out with just kind of as a, as a, just as a, as a as in, what's the word I'm looking for, um, kind of asking people to do it, and then he d- directed people to do yeah. it. Voluntary, yeah. Voluntary, yeah, and then, then he directed it and started enforcing it, in, and, and uh, so they did that. The schools have been, are are closed, uh, they're doing their learning online, um, the U- UNLV is doing the rest of their classes online this year, uh, they're going to do their uh, graduation, I think, I don't know if they're going to do it virtually, but they just announced that they postponed the gra- spring commencements for UNLV. And for all higher education in in the state of Nevada. so um, so that's kind of where we're at. Um, we're still getting more cases. Uh, that's the negative stuff, but uh, it doesn't seem to be as as rapid as other places like New York, where you really feel bad for in California, which are getting a lot of cases. so um so that's good. But uh, uh, the governor also issued no more no gatherings of ten or more people in public places, so that that limit limits like people going to the park and stuff like that. So you just gotta basically stay at home. Um, I don't know if you want to call it a complete lockdown like, like California is enforced and what New York is enforced, but but it practically is uh, for all intents and purposes. Um, but, yeah, so that's kind of the latest here. So I, I don't know what's, what's it like in Arizona.
0: <laughs> it's, it's very similar. There is no uh, lockdown-type situation in place for everybody. They're asking people voluntarily if you're uh, non-essential or don't need to be out to stay in your homes and, and do that. They're also asking you, though, at the same time, to support your local businesses with takeout, um, food type things and different stuff like that. So a bunch of different things going on. You and I talked last week as As we said we should have been in Frisco, Texas talking about the national tournament. That of course uh, was cancelled. Did not happen. Tonight Stephen we would have been talking about a new ACHA national champion or a, a possibility I guess it could have been a repeat but it would have been a uh, 2020 national championship that would have ended last night in Frisco, Texas. So you know, I guess we can kind of put the uh, ACHA season to bed now, knowing that that didn't happen. And, of course, all the postseason awards are starting to come out. We're going to have a special guest joining us at 8 o'clock, who is Tom Callahan, who is the media director uh, for the University of Arizona, also a uh, former play-by-play guy for the Nashville Predators and the uh, Tucson Roadrunners. So, Tom, a good friend of mine, has been uh, on with me on different things before. Um and we're looking forward to kind of picking his brain on some different topics. But until we bring Tom on, let's talk uh, a little bit about what's actually been happening. We, uh, you know, we know that the coaches are trying to do their behind-the-scenes stuff. We know people are kind of wrapping it up. As I said last week, Stephen, I think a lot of people uh, just couldn't come to a closure or reality. And I don't know if that'll ever really happen, but because there's so much unknown, but. But right now, I think people are starting to feel like reality is set in, and hey, you know, it's not "woe me, pity me." It's it's happened to everybody.
1: Uh, yes, um, I mean, it's not something that's just exclusive to them. It's uh, something that everybody's had to go through. So everybody's kind of on the same same playing field um, in that regard. So you just kind of you kind of look at that and and you realize the, the bigger picture of, of why it was done, and you understand why it was done and and um, and it's just you know sports is you know usually the an escape but of course in this this case uh, sports has been postponed as well but for safety and and you realize that you know next year you you know it's going to be there again next year I mean it's you know there's always next year obviously for some that the seniors especially they're not going to be able to play next year you know they'll move on but that's the toughest part for them but for you know but I mean, it's it's part of it. Yeah, everybody had to deal with it, so it's not like one team didn't. Something happened with one team, and everybody kind of went through this similar thing. So I think as time goes on, you know, it'll you kind of move on from it and just start looking ahead to the to the next season.
0: You know, as I uh, as we go through our shows and we're trying to get into a regular rhythm now, albeit the off season coming up, but uh, doing a professional hockey Southwest Weekly broadcast on Monday night. Doing the podcast for College Hockey Southwest Weekly on Tuesday night, and then you and I, of course, doing the Club Hockey Southwest Weekly on uh, on Wednesday night. But last night we had uh, had a chance to visit with uh, Greg Cameron from College Hockey News and kind of pick his brain on stuff going on at ASU. The new arena now appears to be well on track. The Board of Regents will meet here at the University or at Arizona State University on. Um, the second or third of April to uh, kind of finalize the plans to get things going, to get the shovels in the ground and and potentially have a new arena up on campus at Arizona State on uh, August of 2022. So that's exciting. For UNLV, though, if you uh, were able to listen Monday night, we did have our professional hockey broadcast on. We brought on a former UNLV Rebel, Cody Williams, on his birthday of all things. Uh, to talk a little bit about oh, cool. his, his trip to, uh, to France to play hockey this winter. So, um, you know, uh, I know you know Cody and, and how much he's meant to that UNLV program, but it was really fun to kind of pick his brain and find out you know, what it's been like and, and really the fact that you could advance from ACHA D1 level to the professional ranks, uh, albeit in Europe.
1: Yeah, that, that's that's cool that you were able to get him on. I have to go back and uh, listen to that uh, interview. But uh, yeah, he's he's a great uh, he's a great talent. He certainly had a lot of impact uh, at UNLV and, and had a great great career at UNLV and and has certainly done so pretty good so far in in, in France. Uh, so it's nice that you're able to connect with him and and uh, and share and be able to relay that to your viewers on on your podcast on Monday.
0: Yeah, and as well as that, I do want to shout out to my co-host on Tuesday night, uh, Paul Hornstein out in New York, who has still been battling the illness. Uh, we, we don't know. I think maybe Paul's finding out today, but uh, he was tested for COVID-19 uh, last Tuesday, uh, a week ago yesterday, and they told him it'd be a week for results. We don't know, but he's been uh, pretty much under the weather. He said the biggest thing that he's had to deal with is just being extremely fatigued, and... Uh, running a little bit of a temperature uh, not much after the first day I guess but um so we wish Tom well he's or uh, Paul well he's right in the middle of the epicenter of of New York out on Long Island so I told him it's probably be better that he stays in the house anyway right now with everything that's going on in New York
1: yeah I, I hope he's doing uh doing well and uh Hope that it comes back uh, negative and that it's just maybe just a little bug or uh, maybe a flu, maybe not the the coronavirus, but... um, You know, the good thing about it is that most of the people survive it. Um, The older people, ones with tough conditions are the ones that are most vulnerable, but uh, that's the good thing in all this. You hear all the negative stuff about the new cases and all these deaths rising and stuff like that, but but there are a lot of people that get it and they're surviving it, so that's good. And we're starting to see some, looks like some trends... uh, go on the good way of in like China and other countries that are kind of, they're seeing kind of a, a decrease or something. So that's, so that's good. But um, yeah, we hope he's doing, you know, hope and, he's doing
0: well. Steven, this is so crazy because when I think back just about how all this has happened uh, back in December, um, I came to uh, Vegas for one of my, my trips and, and saw the guys over at uh, Orleans arena. And, and it seems like now light years ago, but that was only the end of December first part of January when, when they were playing at the Orleans and starting their run and, and all this stuff has happened around the world It, it just, it's really kind of hard to put into perspective at least a time time space perspective because of everything that's happened but you know, life does go on, I know they're still building the arena on Henderson for the AHL team but tell us a little bit about hockey and, and one of the things that, that UNLV's been doing which I think is kind of cool they're going back and they're doing Basically, a player a day for uh, thirty days to uh, give those guys a chance to to say a word or two. Tell us about that.
1: Yeah. So far, from what I understand, uh, uh, the, the UNLV has decided to start a thirty uh, a day um, player spotlight, and each day they they release a video with uh, with a player. They shoot it from you know. Obviously, a lot of the players had to return home early uh, from from the season, as we talked about, with the university going uh, to a virtual campus and and. A lot of the dorms closing up but the campus so a lot of the players have already returned back home to where they're from and stuff and and we're seeing videos of different players uh sharing what it means to be a rebel and, and what you know why they chose unlv and something about them that maybe people don't know um we saw missoula on his uh his uh his horse there and so i, I was wondering
0: if you were gonna bring that up i had to get well, that out there
1: <laughs> yeah and uh and david anderson uh, we've had one from david anderson and um you know talks about his I mean, UNLV, and you know you can check these out on the unlv hockey rebel hockey twitter account but uh um but yeah it's uh it's uh it's cool that they're still able to we're able to kind of um share uh these players and give them attention uh you know 30, 30 days so obviously every thirty thirty 30 players so that's going to be almost just about everybody unless unless the coaches do one. I'm not sure, I haven't been as connected with them recently, but, but so I'm not sure exactly what their plan is with that, but it's um it's it's a great little uh, feature and you get to kind of get to know the players a little bit more and, uh, and get to know the team. And it keeps you kind of itching for hockey here as you're sitting at home and, and obviously missing the hockey season and missing being able to follow UNLV as the season ended abruptly, but obviously now it would be over with it either way. And so yeah, it's just kind of another way to stay connected with the team as as you kind of worked in the off season now and, and the months to the future.
0: You know, and like I said, talking about this time thing that we're talking about when I was putting my schedule together back in January for what the month of March and April was going to look like, um, I, I'm looking at it now and I'm going like, wow, none of that happened. But uh, last Wednesday night, I would have been here to see the Golden Knights play the, and when I say here in Arizona to uh, see the Golden Knights play the, uh, the Coyotes. And then I would have mm-hmm. boarded a plane for Frisco Thursday morning and met you mm-hmm. out in, uh, in Frisco and, and done our show for uh, Club Hockey Weekly out there. And then uh, I would have come back and I would have been here for you know an NCAA selection show on Sunday. And then tonight I would have been in Vegas watching the Arizona Coyotes and the Vegas Golden Knights at T-Mobile. And the, yeah. the interesting part of it is, is that um, I don't know if the Golden Knights are doing this or not, but the Coyotes are doing a virtual game, and they're they're playing it up with, with their TV hosts and everything, like it was, like the game was actually going to happen here, you know, in about uh, 17 minutes or so. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty cool that they're trying to stay connected as well as they can. And you know, I think overall, and, and this is from my perspective here in Arizona, I think everybody's taking it pretty well. Players, a management, ownership. They've all just kind of, you know, paused and, if you will, and just kind of hung on to what they have and realized that we're all in this together. And I'm guessing that's the same thing in Vegas for the Golden Knights and everything as well.
1: Yeah, uh, the the channel here for uh, for the Golden Knights, AT and T Sportsnet, has been showing some uh, games from the past uh, history for the Golden Knights every night, so you're able to catch up on that. Um, the they've been doing stuff on their social media channels with uh, some of their TV people and and uh, and I think they've also done some things with virtual stuff too I think with uh, doing games and stuff like that or, and then of course the players are are sharing stuff through their social media channels and you're able to to see to see all that sort of stuff so and the, and the golden Knights have have stepped up to help a lot of their their employees and the part-time people and the ones that would be working the games on a game that the, to, to Pay them still, be able to pay them for the games that they would have worked. So that's that's good. And the hope is that the games will get played eventually. I don't know as this continues on, what will be uh, tonight was as you said was going to be the final home game of the regular season for the Golden Knights against the Coyotes, and uh, it's a possibility they'll still play them at a later dates. So we may be May or May or whenever this resumes, and we might still have some games. To, to cover for the NHL-wise, but uh, it just kind of goes, you know, they they already announced today that the postponement of uh, the draft and the, the awards show and the and the combine, which was not really a surprise considering they will probably start the season here at some point and then they'll go into who knows how long. They're talking about at one point maybe playing in September or October before or September before the, to end the season, so obviously all that stuff wouldn't take place. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's so, going to
0: be really strange. Like I said uh, earlier in the show, the uh, one of the things that is going on, though, is the fact that the construction part continues, right? So I don't mm-hmm. think construction in Henderson has slowed down a bit. They uh, continue to move on, and of course yeah, so. the NFL is continuing to work on Allegiant Stadium and finish things up there for uh, hopefully a Raiders uh, regular season opener coming up. And of course UNLV is going to be playing there as well, but then as soon as things are wrapped up in in, in Henderson, as far as the practice facility for the the new AHL team and for uh, the general public, I guess with the two rinks, then they're going to get started on, or maybe they're going to do them simultaneously on that new rink. Have you heard any more about the new six thousand seat building going in?
1: I haven't. Uh, I think when all this is kind of all this kind of kind of uh, went down, uh, and I think it put, that probably got delayed. I, I don't know because. You know their plan was to build it in a site where uh, where the Henderson Pavilion is now, and I know there was some some back and forth on that with some of the the residents. So I don't know if those talks continued before all this happened, and I don't know if if they put a hold on that for now just until all this settles down, or or if they're still trying to move forward on that. So um, so I'm not sure exactly what I think that's still their plan, but I don't know if if it got delayed some uh, because of all this. So I'm not really sh- too
0: sure. All right, let's take one quick break, Stephen. We'll come back and get into a little bit more uh, ACHA talk in just a minute. We'll hear uh, a quick word from our friends up in Vegas at Jesse Ray's Barbecue.
2: I can't wait to get to Las Vegas and check out the Fortress. Going to see the Golden Knights? No, stopping at Jesse Ray's Barbecue for lunch. Oh, that Fortress, that combination of brisket, hot links, fries, mac and cheese surrounded by offensive of ribs?
0: all right, and as we know, uh, Jesse Ray's is uh, currently not open. They've kind of heeded the advice of the governor and, and everybody else in Nevada and taken a few weeks off just to get their people right off the front lines. I know they were doing delivery and carryouts a little while, but um, uh, good for Mike and them to see the uh, the risk of it. I know Mike's mother uh, does a lot of the front-end stuff there, and it's, it's good to see Samantha getting uh, away from it so she's not – um, you know, in personal contact daily with it. And of course, the rest of the people that work for Mike, uh, you know, their safety is uh, is first. But thanks to Mike and the guys at uh, Jesse Ray Barbecue for sticking with us as well.
1: Yeah, that uh, uh, I've never been over there yet, but I hope to get over there at some point and eat some of their food. But yeah, a lot of the places are still uh, open for uh, for takeout and delivery. Of course, yesterday they encouraged people to go and, and support the b- businesses and and the restaurants and gets called it the Great American Takeout and get your get your takeout food. So they're still doing that. And of course, grocery stores and all those are still open. And they're in the front lines, like the healthcare workers and first responders and everything. But uh, you know, the grocery stores are open. Those are usually still packed with people. So they're they're still dealing with people, even though we're supposed to stay away from people. They're they're still having to interact with uh, people as distant as they can be. But um, so there's always a, a risk for them. So that, that they might get it. So you always. Uh, Give them a lot of credit right now during this this time, while everything is closed for the most part. There's still those businesses that are st- still open and have to be open, and uh, you you know you hope that they they can be safe and protect themselves.
0: You know, we'll get back into ACHA talk in a minute, but I do want to give a little shout out to the people of Vegas because you know, in the five years that that I've been doing this, I, I've had the opportunity to see some really fortunate and some unfortunate things, as you know, living there and being a, a Vegas native. Uh, the city is very resilient, and one thing that I will always pat them on the back for is when one October happened, they responded. They didn't panic. They didn't uh, uh, duck out. They didn't uh, run and hide. They they stepped up for each other. The Golden Knights were a big part of that, being in their opening uh, season, their inaugural season. But Vegas is doing it again because I can tell you when when I look from afar, Stephen, and I see you know the pictures and and the videos of the Strip and everything shut down, I would think that the first response for a lot of people would be panic because you all know how big the Strip is and what it means to the economy uh, of Vegas and, and the state of Nevada. But uh, to their credit, to your credit as a, as a Nevadian, I guess, is that you, you guys don't panic. You just kind of deal with it and you roll on. And, and I wish a lot of other places could kind of follow your lead and, and go with that. So, just give me your thoughts on on how proud you are to say you're from Nevada and and from Las Vegas. Well,
1: very very proud. Uh, this, as you mentioned, this state has has certainly been through through a lot, and uh, certainly we had our tragedy here in Las Vegas a couple a few years ago. And and uh, this is certainly not easy. There's a lot of people that are are impacted by by the the decisions made to to try to curb this uh, the spread and uh, a lot of casino workers and are all out of work right now is a lot of businesses that had to have to close their doors for 30 days and that and that's a that's a killer but but uh, you know that they, there's they're stepping up to try to help to help them out and and uh, the a lot of the casinos have offered to give their employees pay during the period and and you've seen some of some of that and the, you know the governor has, very strongly about these decisions he says he doesn't take these decisions lightly but and he knows the impact of it financially but, but realizes how important it is but public health comes important comes first and that you can feel safe when you go to these places and I think one thing we'll see is it may not be right away it'll probably take some time but as we did before we'll, we'll rebound and when everything starts to get back to normal people will will be ready to to come and, um, after time, of course, and they'll be ready to, to go out again and to have fun and to be careful still as, as this will continue to probably be a problem for a little while, but hopefully we can, um, be able to enjoy, enjoy all that Vegas has to offer soon enough. And, uh, we'll, and, uh, so yeah, that's, so that's kind of what I feel on all that.
0: You know, and on, you know, on the other side as well with our professional sports teams, I've been, I've said this before as well, that I uh, really think the NHL took the right move and and used the word pause. They didn't jump out and say cancel, postpone. They didn't use any of those words initially. They said let's pause. And they've taken the two weeks now and they've put a pause. And I think just that single word Stephen, to the general public goes okay, it's like a break. right? It's like um, an all-star break or, or an off week or or something like that, it's not the the scary word that you would say, like, it's canceled, it's over, it's done. And I think, you know, I know some leagues had to do that, as we talked about last week with, like, the NCAA and the ACHA. They had no choice, right, but, but to cancel because of their situation. But I think there's a huge difference psychologically between cancel and pause. Your thoughts on that?
1: Absolutely there's a difference. Uh, we hope that the season can resume, you know, the interesting thing is the end of the regular season wasn't really all that far away. So you can either, you know, when the season does resume, whenever that might be. And I would not think it, even if it, even if it doesn't happen till May, Right now, I think they talked about maybe having a kind of like a little training camp type thing at the end of April, maybe, or beginning of May, and maybe trying to start to get back into working out game shape and everything. And then maybe start getting back to games in May. I don't know. I'm just, I don't know if that will be the case. That it may be later, but um, you know, they're at the end of the regular season, whether they can finish the regular season still, or will they just jump right into the playoffs and, and how they might do that. But you can play three or four games in a week. Everybody play every other night for two weeks. I mean, you haven't played for two months, so you know you can certainly do that. A couple back-to-backs. You can you can finish the regular season in a week or week or so, and then you get into the playoffs. And I think it'd be good for teams that. That are in the playoff race To have some games to to, to play Before you get right If you're just going to go right into the playoffs And say okay here are the teams that are in The teams that are in the playoffs As of before the pause Are going to be in the playoffs And then you got to go right into the playoffs You talk about rust So it would be good to actually still have Some, some regular season games to, to finish off And to, to, to rust off Just like you have preseason games Before you start a regular season So um, I, I think it would be important To have those t- 10 or 11 regular season games Still before you get into the uh, into the playoffs so but you know I think it, it, the one thing that will be interesting is they play games into July and August you have to check for b- building availability and stuff but a lot of arenas have certainly emptied out because of you know a lot of events have had to cancel the last couple of months so, but you got stuff that's planned for the future but you got to work around that but and the ice conditions in the summer you know obviously they, they're not intending usually to play hockey in the middle of the summer so in a lot of these right. places it gets quite warm so that'll be a, it's something they look at but um, but you know, if, if we get hockey in August, and September, I'm not certainly gonna complain. You know, we haven't had sport- me either. <laughs> <So> we, have, <laughs> we haven't had any sports really for the last little while. Yeah. So if you know, if we have to go right up with baseball, we don't know what baseball is gonna do when when their season will start up and basketball too. I mean, so when it starts up, we'll be ready for it. So it's just a matter of of when it will start up. But I, I think they want to play out the rest of the season all the way through. So uh, I think they can do it. I, I think there's certainly the the way it's set up and everything, they they certainly can can do it. And if that, that means a very short off season this year, then, you know, everything will kind of even back out. The Olympics are not happening this year, so there's that's maybe one thing that you can look at. Is right. Maybe something that makes it a little bit easier, because NBC, which does the, the playoffs for the NHL, they won't have to worry about having Olympic programming this year, so that might make things a little bit easier for the NHL to be able to... And for uh, basketball, too, for the NBA, because the NBA usually would go and play in the Olympics, so players would go over there so they won't have to worry about interference there so that actually probably makes things the path a little bit even more easier than it would have been before so um for the for the for that purpose too so
0: all right so let's get back to talking club hockey uh our guest tom callahan running just a little bit late. He just sent me a message saying he's battling traffic so there's traffic in Tucson, so nobody's uh, <laughs> locked down there to the point where he can't get through, but he said can't he's say on that. his You way, can't, uh,
1: can't say that here about the traffic here, man. It's, it's easy to get around here right now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, in in the Phoenix metro area, too, it's crazy. I just don't know why people don't stay home, but, you know, whatever. I guess everybody is going to do their own thing. I prefer to uh, to wash my hands and use sanitizer and stay home and shower twice a day and maybe go a little bit on the overboard side, but that's uh, that's my choice. So uh, I hope other people do heed that as well. Okay, ACHA hockey. Uh, we talked about what it meant for the seniors, right? I mean, this was an abrupt end of their career, things that they'd worked on uh, for a long time, if not much of their life, to uh, be able to go to a national tournament. didn't happen, but all things considered, as far as all the different leagues, they maybe came out, the, the if you can say this, the, the best, because NCAA hockey would have still been uh, entering their playoff weekend this weekend and then uh, going into uh, a national tournament in two weeks. But ACHA now is done, and they can regroup, and they can reset themselves. So, so just your thoughts on, on the, the ACHA thing and how things are going. We had Coach Berman on last week, and he told us, yeah, he's like, you know, as soon as he can start doing what he needs to do on the road, he's going to do it, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's that's certainly the case. I mean, you, it is a little bit of a challenge, still, probably right now, to be able to get out and and do uh, recruiting and that sort of stuff. There's still a lot of, you know, restrictions on travel and everything, or you guess you can and what you can do, but um, but yeah, I mean, it gives you a chance to to reset and to and to kind of. S- See what you what you need to do and and try to prepare for next season and and try to make next season an even greater season for the for the teams in the desert southwest and certainly for the whole league as as a whole. So that's that's you know, uh, that,
0: yeah. Go ahead. One one thing we know, Stephen, is that there's going to be uh, three new teams in the WCHL. We've talked about that again uh, over the last shows, and I think it's something worth bringing up again for people that don't know UNLV. Grand Canyon and the University of Utah will now be a part of the WCHL which is really really good I think because a economically it brings in a bunch of teams in a geographic region which makes bus travel so much more effective and cost effective for all the teams but more importantly is it, it creates a very very competitive conference it, it could very well be one of the one of if not the most competitive conference it's not next year the following year so i think that's going to be the best opportunity for us to get back to a national champion when i say us i say from the desert southwest is because you're going to create such a competitive environment that going to the national tournament is going to be really no different than what you face every week so just your thoughts on the wchl and uh the the adding of three new teams
1: well, WCHL has been uh, has been a great conference uh, for a while. If you look at the the past there, and obviously you had uh, Arizona State, the one that's at the NCAA level now. They they of course won a national championship at the ACHA level, and and of course you had Arizona, who's usually right up there. And you got I think we had what three or four teams in that conference, or we tech you know not technically, but if you look at it from uh, uh, what what they would be in the conference this season in in the in the in the picture and he actually had to get some other teams that are not in our Geographic region that are in that conference that made the tournament as well. So uh, So you get a lot of teams from that that conference that that make the tournament each year and and that just shows you the level of skill and talent that that you have and now you have a teams like UNLV who are Who is continuing to be on the rise? I think and AS, ASU is Certainly well improved from uh, the season prior for, than the one that we just finished and and then uh, they made the they made the tournament field and and uh, it's just going to make it better and I and I think the, the the travel will be will be good too. It won't be too extraneous for uh, a lot of teams now and and the, for the budget because a lot of it has to come down to the money and the budgets and and what the cost of everything is and that certainly will make that better too. Um, and so it still gives you a chance to play, but good competition. But even now, having to play teams in that conference, there's a lot of good teams in there, and uh, you know, even teams like Colorado that had a down year last year, you know, they they might be well improved next season, and certainly Grand Canyon can't count rule them out as a chance to really make some a name for themselves at this level. So, so yeah, it's just gonna be it's just gonna be uh, it's gonna be great hockey to watch and follow next season and. Can it be uh, August, September already? Whenever the games start up again.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, when school starts again, so we don't really know how this whole thing is going to play out over the next, you know, five, six months. But um, a couple of things I just wanted to touch on were the, you know, we talk about uh, the coaches and they all want to play for championships, right? And and one of the things that I think the University of Arizona can say, and maybe Tom when he comes on, or what this can kind of can kind of uh, relate to this a little better, but. They were able to win the conference championship back-to-back years. They were able to win their Cactus Cup, and I'm guessing that teams are going to start rivalries with UNLV as well now in the conference and maybe come up with another cup, win the Desert Southwest, or, or something like that, that that creates a little bit of a, a buzz around that, but it, coaches will tell you, even from Greg Powers at, at ASU on down, that Getting your team to win a championship, no matter what it was, Greg Power's team won a championship in China in uh, August or July. Um, So, you know, just winning a championship brings your team together and gives you a sense of accomplishment. So I think that's going to be probably one of the biggest things about the the new teams in the conference, is that they got a chance to compete for a, a conference championship.
1: Yeah, yeah. A conference championship. That's that gives you something to play for throughout the season, other than just to get into the, get into the tournament. You know, UNLV participated in the uh, Chicago Classic uh, the last couple of seasons, and the season before, they won it. So they had a chance to, and that was a great moment for them that in their first season of Division One that they were able to. I don't know, second season, but the second season they were able to win, win, win that, and then last year, the last season they didn't, they didn't get that, but. Um, so yeah, if you have the opportunity to play in tournaments like that, or in this case, joining a conference, it'll give you something to, to play for, uh, in the, and it will, it will make those games more. I mean, I think the games with Arizona and Coach Berman said it last week. They're always a battle, and they're always fun games to, to, to be a part of because it's 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 always a battle between the two schools, and are always close games. But usually, in most cases, and and uh, and I think now. With, now that they're going to matter for conference standings and 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 who could win the conference, uh, I think it's just going to make it even more ramped up. Um, same with same with the other same with the Arizona State and and all the other teams. So it's it certainly will make it certainly will make it a little bit more uh, exciting to watch than it already is, if that's possible.
0: Yeah, and you know what, and to kind of just wrap up our topic on that just a little bit is that you know I remember last year in the in the summertime, I think it was August that I came up there and uh, watched UNLV have kind of their training camp where they brought in uh, Kenny McCutton from the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets to go through some some drill and skill work and, and things like that. So, you know, once we're through this this virus, God willing that everybody gets through it healthy and, and safe, but things will start to happen real quickly. So as I kind of transition from that to to what we do, uh, our plans are right now, and, and like I told you, and I've, I've said it over and over again, uh, probably to the point of nausea for people that are listening, but but I tended to look at this as as an opportunity. It meant an opportunity that because there are no games and nothing going on, that we can kind of sit back and evaluate what we do and, and, and kind of forecast what we want to do in the future. And, and the podcasts are just one part of what we do. We want to do more feature stuff. We want to be involved with... Uh, with what's going on as far as uh you know the the off season and i think having you on board and having paul up out in new york with the ncaa part and and seth and possibly tom helping me out with some nhl stuff and of course you doing some AHL stuff for us this year um it really gives us a chance to focus on what we want to do and, and i'm so excited about the future just because i can see the groundwork that's been laid and i really think this is going to be an exciting year for us to uh to bring not only college hockey, but professional hockey into everybody's homes and, and maybe get some of that stuff that's not getting covered, the, uh, the feature-type stuff. So uh, glad to have you on board. I, your thoughts on the future and, and how excited you are about moving forward and and uh, bringing more hockey coverage to everybody here that lo- obviously loves it. Well, I wish we could uh- – I wish back to the future we could
1: uh, we could get a one of those uh, DeLoreans or something and go <laughs> five, five or six months into the future and just get past all this uh, because yeah all this talk about about hockey and everything and uh, and the, what the future is going to be like and it's it's real exciting and it's it's going to be uh, it's going to be fun to be a, a part of it it's going to going to make you know right now we're trying to find things to talk about and fill time but you know come Come down months from now, there'll be plenty to talk about. We'll have to, you know, there'll be, it'll be hard to fit it into an hour most times, but uh, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Of course, the NHL season, we again, we will hope that it will resume, and then there'll still be some stuff to talk about with at least the Golden Knights, and hopefully the Coyotes make it in there. Although I don't know if they will, but the Golden Knights certainly have a chance to, to make a deep run in the playoffs again. So that will give us some, some hockey that you and, and Seth can talk about on the professional hockey. Side, but, uh, but yeah, but the, the future with the the AHL with the coming here and uh, when that gets going and then yeah, UNLV's next season and and the ACHA season picking back up and the NHL season all going there'll be even more to more to talk about than than what we have before and and I like you're right with if we can focus more on not just so much on a game by game basis because there's enough people out there that that cover games and recaps and you know on a game by game basis but doing features on. On players or or on things like that or just events or th- that are going on in the community or or whatever and um, that's I think where where the fun can be and uh, be different than what a lot of people are probably doing now so it should be fun and,
0: and speaking of that uh, I saw on social media today that Connor Hetzel uh, a UNLV rebel put out some more music on his uh, desire to become be enhance I should say not become he's already a, a musician but enhance musician and musical career uh so congratulations to connor it's a it's those types of things Stephen, that i really enjoy doing because i think a lot of people especially at the club hockey level they may see these guys on the ice they may hear their name they may know who they are but they don't know what they do off the ice and for a lot of these guys there's, they're not going to be cody williams and be able to continue uh, playing hockey as a professional a lot of these guys this is it right they're they're done they're going to move on with their lives and do what they uh went to school for or what they have a passion for and it, if that's not on the ice I think that's the kind of things I like to cover and find out you know what makes these guys tick I mean I didn't realize that uh, that Eric Williams had his pilot's license for example I mean yeah you know, there's yeah. another really cool thing so yeah that's what what I want to do I think that's a market that's there and I think by doing that we're achieving our uh, our mission as a company which is to grow the game of hockey in the desert Southwest so you know, there's coaches that grow it by by coaching. There's there's people that do stuff by by providing financial fund. But I also think there's a huge market uh, to provide attention, right? I mean, these guys deserve it, um, and that's how you grow it. That's how kids want to come and play here, is if they uh, they know there's some attention out there.
1: Yeah, certainly, certainly in, in that regard. And uh, if you get people that come to the games, and you get people that uh, see the stuff that is, you know, that the players can can see their stuff being shared and their stories being heard, and people can see that, and it gives them a chance to kind of show that around around campus and uh, and uh, and see that, and yeah. So that's all. That is uh, is great, especially for the club level, because you don't you might not get as much attention, and um, I know certainly the school has come a long way from from just. People recognizing that UNLV has a hockey program. A lot of that had to do with with the Golden Knights and the connection there with with them, and and uh, certainly moving to the Division One level. But you know, I went to school at UNLV, and this was like 2009 to 2013. I didn't really know there was a hockey team there. I maybe wasn't as well known. But now, now if you ask people if you go around campus, they they probably would would know. But there's still probably a lot more people that could be familiar with with UNLV. and know that they. They have a hockey team, and it's a pretty good team. Yeah, it may not be NCAA, uh, like, the, like the Running Rebels or the UNLV football, but they they might be, in some cases, they play better than the football team. Like, certainly, the football team has certainly struggled, and, and uh, they have a hard time getting people to go to their games. And UNLV is able to pack every night for the most part. So uh, that says a lot right there, and, and certainly it puts a lot of eyes on the athletic department, and and, uh, and certainly uh, those that here in the, in the Vegas uh, Media that follow that tries to give attention to different things, but it's, there's a lot of factors in trying to pull for attention with the media. There's so many different things going on here in, in Vegas, and certainly the Raiders will be another facet of that. But, but yeah, having having sites like like yourselves and others, and that that just cover certain demographic of hockey and in a certain time frame and certain group is certainly certainly gives players another outlet to to share their talents off the ice, too, as well as on the ice.
0: Well, what I can tell you is I have uh, multiple things going on around me. The, uh, the Vegas Golden Knights just scored. William Carlson scored mm-hmm. early on in that game, according to the virtual game going on between the Coyotes and the, the Golden Knights. So congratulations to Wild Billy. Got on the scoreboard right away early in that mm-hmm. contest.
1: Oh, good, good for him. I know he I know he'd been stru- struggling to get goals this season, so it's good to see him get out. even if this was just a virtual goal. it's good that that he's able yeah. to to, s- to score a goal there and um, so that's
0: good. All right. I also want to touch a little bit about these guys and coach Berman talked about it. He's very, very proud of not only the players that he brings in and what they do, but he's so proud of the what they do in the community. The guys go out, and I know it's the way it is in UNLV and in Arizona State and Grand Canyon. Um, whether it be working with young hockey players, or uh, and on the women's side, I don't want to certainly leave out the ACHA women because uh, the programs there at Grand Canyon, uh, University of Utah, and uh, and ASU have been really good about involving the community, but giving back on the coaching end of it, um, raising money with a teddy bear toss type thing, or. Or certain jerseys for cancer research, or whatever that may be, and that's a lot of things that I think just don't get highlighted enough during the course of the season. So, just your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, I think that. Yeah, I think that's good. That's. Sorry, I was trying to pull up that uh, virtual Golden Knights Coyotes game. I didn't realize that was going on, so I'm getting that settled <laughs> as we speak right here. But uh, yeah, I think it's. I think it's. Uh, I think it's great. I don't. You might have to repeat the question. I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm just talking about what they do off the ice for for charity and things like that. I mean, you see it in the wintertime. The guys are down skating with with uh, youngsters and, and learning skate programs and and having jersey auctions to raise money for breast cancer awareness and, and men's health month and you know the teddy bear toss and, and getting out to the uh, the schools and doing reading all of that thing and a lot of these ACHA players also do that in addition to having to pay for their sport and travel and be competitive, they still get out in the community. And I think that's something that really gets, uh, kind of left behind when we talk about that. Oh yeah, absolutely. I,
1: I, uh, I agree with that. I mean, they, they they do get out in the, the community a lot. Uh, UNLV certainly, certainly does that. I know we had Nevada reading week, which is a big deal here. And I know that UNLV players, uh, went to a couple of the schools, I think. And, uh, and they um, they read to some of the, the students, and we UNLV certainly does certain uh, promotions throughout the the year. Back in February, they had the uh, first responders and military uh, appreciation weekend, and wore special jerseys for that. That au- were auctioned off, and and um, p- portion of the proceeds went to different uh, different charities within, within that that realm. So, um, yeah, certainly certainly UNLV tries to do their part to to be a part of the. Uh, help out in the community as well and that certainly helps uh, the brand of hockey that you're trying to establish and uh, just this is from a UNLV and from a perspective there but also from the ACHA that you have these teams that that take that stuff seriously as well and and you know it's all about a lot of it's about money so you're, you're trying whatever you can to promote yourself and to brand, but you're also trying to give back to to those that that are help the community and help help uh help you out and and uh that's that's what it's all all about so uh, yeah i i am glad that that sort of stuff happens at the club hockey level as well as at the top level
0: all right let's take another quick break and see if uh we get our, our uh, guest tom callahan with us uh, when we come back uh we'll take another quick break and Stephen and i'll be back to kind of wrap up the show this week and prepare you for next week
2: be it in Arizona or elsewhere in the U.S., visit us at mexicanmoonshine.com. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila, award-winning taste since
0: 2011. I said last night, Stephen, uh, to my co-host out in New York, Paul Hornstein, I said, uh, maybe what we need to do is get you a shot of tequila to see if that'll uh, straighten you up a little bit out there from your... uh, your virus or whatever you're dealing with, and uh, I got to chuck a lot of them, so I think he's feeling a little bit better. But uh, big shout out to Roger Klein, uh, the Mexican Moonshine slash Cancion Tequila, uh, the new name change coming on board, and as well uh, Roger Klein and the Peacemakers providing us music for our uh, our bumpers on all of our shows. So big shout out to them. Um, you know, I know they're still working diligently to get the new uh, labeling, the new naming. On their tequila and get it out there, but Arizona-born and raised Roger Klein uh, does everything right here from uh, from producing music to producing tequila. Hey, that's great! And you know, a lot of
1: these a lot of these uh, alcoholic uh, beverage companies are uh, are stepping up too right now, helping create uh, creating hand sanitizer uh, and things like that, which of course are hot demand right now as everybody tries to protect themselves and certainly uh, people in the hospitals and getting the right equipments and. Stuff that they need to protect themselves, and I I just noticed that that was one thing that a lot of uh, beverage makers like that, that make alcoholic beverages like that, that have uh, stepped in to do that. So that's uh, so that's something that can be uh, recognized right now. Too, by the way, uh, Coyotes just scored a pair of goals, so it's two to one now in the (laughs) book.
0: I was I had it on my too. I was waiting to see if you were giving out that Carl Soderberg got the first one. I know. I don't know. You saw a second one already. Yeah, it's two to one now. <laughs> Holy cow, that's uh, that's rolling. I, I hope s- people, if you're following this on Twitter, I hope you realize this is a virtual game because you're going to be going like, "What are these two idiots doing talking on the radio uh, <laughs> when we have when we have uh, things going on like like a real hockey game up in Vegas?" But yeah, um, as we still wait for for Tom, I, I I'm waiting to see if uh, I hear anything from him. I know he's been trying to get home from. He has a real job too. He doesn't just be able to sit and and guest host with us, but he's got a great uh, Twitch uh, channel that he does uh, a lot of, uh, I think it's called Cocking Puck, and uh, he does some professional hockey stuff on Twitch every Sunday night, which is really fun to tune in. If you haven't seen that, a little shout out for that. And You know, in addition, uh, college hockey is so much fun to watch, just because of the fact that the guys play so hard, and you know how much it means to them. I mean, professional athletes obviously get paid, and they can take a day off or two if if they don't, you know, are a little fatigued or whatever, we hate to say that, especially with hockey players, so I don't think it happens often, but the college players, man, they go hard, and a lot of them go hard because it's a, it, sometimes it's three games and three nights. Yeah, and they and they
1: sometimes practice early in the morning, that's been the case for, for UNLV the last few years, as they practice about seven or eight in the morning, and, and uh, so they get up early, and then they have to go to their classes, and then... You know, on the weekends they have games. Well, Friday, Saturday, and some right in some cases they play uh, three games in uh, in three nights. Even though we had a stretch earlier this season where they they played five games in eight days, they played a, a saturday they had a whole month off and then they come back and they played uh, Saturday, Monday, uh, first games in January at the Orleans, and then they had the they had the Thursday, Friday, and Sunday. So yeah, five games in in eight days. That was about their their busiest stretch in the tournament, which. You know, we talk about when I mean, the ACHA tournament is uh, four or five games in a row, and you only get you might get a day off in between, or you may not. So it just depends on when you start your tournament. But um, but yeah, it's a uh, it's a lot of uh, it's a lot of work. But uh, they love it, and uh, you're right. They they're paying to play play at the this level, and and they obviously uh, they uh, they have a passion for hockey, and they want to work on their their skills and and uh it's tough to be a college athlete in any any sport uh, for sure because you also got to worry about your classes and you got to worry about other things and probably working the jobs too for in a lot of cases if you know so um it's it's not easy for sure
0: absolutely Uh, um i do have tom trying to connect with us here he's not uh on the uh have a little problem connecting with the the homepage for us here at podbean.com but Hopefully we can get him to call in. You may not be able to hear him very well, Stephen. So I apologize for that if that's the way it works. But you will be able to hear his responses, I think, through uh, through my microphone. So we'll see if we can get, get uh, a few minutes with Tom to kind of plug away and see how things go. Um, it's uh, he, he's such a great resource, and I wish we could have had him on more because he's uh, he's got so much um, knowledge in what's going on in the world of hockey. Uh, when you talk about experience and being able to call NHL games and be able to do, uh, you know, do other things uh, like AHL hockey and now stepping in, and and I don't know if you know the whole understory, but uh, when Tim Gasson suddenly passed away at the U of A, um, Tom, being a good friend of Tim's, was there and available, and they immediately put him into service, and it kind of went off without a hitch. And obviously we uh, we miss Tim, but being able to have Tom, jump on and just kind of never really miss a beat. Just uh, speaks to his professionalism as well, because he was able to uh, to do that. So uh, Tom is calling me right now. Tom Callahan, how are you? Uh,
3: I am doing well, Scott. How about
0: yourself? <laughs> I'm doing great. Glad you can finally make it home. I, I was joking with my co-host, Stephen Marsh, who's up, up in Las Vegas, and, and I was telling him, I said, yeah, People aren't staying home in, in Tucson or something, because you got traffic trying to get home, huh?
3: Yeah, it, uh, it was kind of crazy, but they're,
0: they're doing road work down here on oh, the N, and yeah. it, they not only narrowed it to one lane, but then
3: they push you off on the side road and then <laughs> bring you back on and so people, of course, are rude and don't like to merge.
0: I hear you. Well, you know, we got you on on the phone, and, and I wanted to get you on because... Uh, as you know, this is uh, Club Hockey Southwest Weekly, and we talk club hockey, and you were pushed into service. I'll just tell Stephen and our, and our uh, audience a little bit about uh, the way you stepped up when we lost our good friend Tim Gasson so suddenly in November, and to be able to take over doing Tim's job, if you will. Um, just, just touch a little bit about what you saw from the University of Arizona and, and your disappointment and, and shock that the, uh, the tournament didn't go on like we planned.
3: You know, I was looking forward to it because not only, Scott, was I going to be there as a representative of U of A, but I was actually going to get to call the tournament this year. Oh. Um, so I, I was looking forward to it on a couple of fronts. Um, you know, that that was, you know, doubly exciting for me. And um, it was interesting. As I was talking to Chad Berman, uh, the head coach of that Arizona Club team, and, and his thoughts going into the tournament, I asked him, I said, how are you guys doing? You know, the, you know, the usual uh, house, and he said, you know, it's strange. We've been off for a while. It was a couple of weeks at that point when they came back to practice. He said, but something has happened with this team in, since the season ended, and they really feel like they've galvanized. And they believe, he believed that they had come together and uh, really were poised to make a run. He said, there's so much more energy in practice. He said, there's, there's this feeling that, you know, there's a determination, hey, they're going to they're gonna, you know, head into the national tournament and good things are going to happen. And he really had a very positive uh, take on where he felt the team was at mentally, physically. Uh, so I can only imagine his disappointment because he really felt like this is the year they could have made a run. And we all know how hard the ACHA tournament is to win. We've heard Greg Powers say that uh, coming from a guy who's done it, but it's a gauntlet and you need a little bit of luck along the way as well as being good. But they had two solid goaltenders. They had added depth, uh, a couple of guys uh, that they transferred in in the winter window, but also got rid of some guys who just didn't want to be there uh, and didn't want to be a part of the program. And It made the room smaller, Scott, but I think it also made it better and tighter, and I think that was a lot of what he was referring to as well towards the end there, that this team felt like it had come together and hit its stride. Uh, and they showed in two pretty good wins over Arizona State at home to round out the year that they were a force to be reckoned with. And we can only wonder what it would have been like um, and what that team would have done, but, you know, it's, it's tough. Um, uh, this is what it is right now as far as, you know, national health concerns go and international health concerns, and we're all better off not – going to Frisco and and being there with a bunch of teams and, and, you know, people from all over the country and that's just like an incubator for for viruses and bacteria and all kinds of other stuff And i speaking as someone who's traveled with a pro hockey team on and off for 15 years. So, yeah, probably probably for the best health-wise but certainly disappointing for U of A and and what they could have done this year.
0: Yeah, I was just mentioning to to Stephen before you came on, uh, Tom, that it, you know, it's it's all happened so quickly. I, I look back in January when I was putting my schedule together for March and, and April with college hockey at the ACH level and then the NCAA level and all the things that I had planned to do, and all of a sudden, poof, in a matter of about 24, 48 hours, they're all gone, and, and that includes the NHL and the AHL as well. And and one of the things I want to talk to you about with all of your professional experience was uh, we haven't really had a chance to plug you for information on, and your thoughts on the growth of the AHL in the West. I mean, the Tucson Roadrunners, now we have a Vegas or Henderson team coming in, and then a year from now we're going to have a, a Palm Springs team coming in. It, did you ever think that that was going to be something you'd see, at least this quickly?
3: You know, and, and it's funny, Scott. I, uh, I honestly thought when this whole thing was coming down that eventually AHL West, if you will, was not going to be what it is now. I thought it was going to be its own separate league. Right. Um, because the owners said, push comes to shove, we're going to take our hockey stick and go home. Uh, and I honestly believe that was the course towards which we were all headed. And, and I know some people balk at that idea, but they were serious about reducing travel costs, reducing player costs. The whole reason they wanted to be out in the West was so that they could not, um, you know, and, and look, logistics. It's so much easier to get a guy from Tucson to, you know, Phoenix or, look, Henderson to Vegas. Are you kidding me? Or like the San Jose Sharks. They're in their own building with this team. So, I mean, the guy packs his bag and walks down the hall. It's not hard. And that's what these teams wanted. The, The Sharks, I heard an estimate that the Sharks saved roughly $3 million their first year of having the Barracuda in the building. Wow. And bringing him over from Worcester. That's not jump change, because a typical player development budget is $4.5 million, maybe $5 million. So, um, you know, talk about it in terms of real dollars to save $3 million of that. Because call-ups, you're not paying airfare, you're not paying per diem, you're not paying hotel, you're not paying any of that stuff to put this guy up, uh, or send him back, you know, and that's one of the things that gets overlooked is all those ancillary costs that go with it. So, um, you know, the other, and the other point I wanted to make is I think people forget about the
2: success of the West Coast Hockey League, the old right.
3: WCHL, yes. which stretched from San Diego to Alaska um, and before the ECHL became a bicoastal A hockey league the WCHL was a pretty darn successful venture. People liked the game. They went out to go see it. It did well. Um, yeah, I, I didn't have any doubt it would work, uh, but again, I thought it might be its own league at this point, but the AHL finally said, okay, we're going to put in this rather fan confusing, complex solution of percentage points for playoffs because the Western teams still play fewer games. Um, outside of that, I mean, for whatever reason, that was a hard concession for the AHL to make, but I'm glad they made it because it really has helped balance things out uh, league-wide, and, and I think it's it resulted in a tremendous product.
0: So that's the future. Um, I, I want to also pick your brain and, and kind of let you wrap things up on this, but to, tell me just your thoughts on the way the NHL, the AHL, and professional hockey in a whole – has handled this. I, I told the audience. I told Stephen earlier that uh, I'm really proud of the fact that that the NHL came out and said we're going to pause the season. We're not going to cancel. We're not going to dead end it. We're not going to, you know, postpone it. We're going to pause it because I think that one word, Tom, gave gave everybody in the public a sense of okay, this is a break. This is uh, something we can handle. It, it, you know, I know the NCAA and the ACHA had no choice. They had to cancel, but. Just your thoughts on the word cancel versus pause. Am I out of my mind on that, or or what do you think about that?
3: No, I I know that building availability has been submitted in both the NBA and NHL buildings uh, to the league offices all the way through the summer. So uh, all the way through to August at the very least, building availability is there. The leagues have it, uh, depending on what the consideration is uh, for The phrase that everybody's using right now is flattening the curve um, with this virus. So they are there are contingency plans in place. They want to play the games because they represent money. Um, At this point, with you know, depending, I'll just say ten to fifteen, roughly, games for teams in the NHL coming back if you're the Ottawa Senators to have a two week training camp and then play 15 regular season games it don't matter doesn't make much sense to me Uh, I think what does make sense to me is teams that would be in the playoffs uh, you end the regular season and speaking of percentage points that's how you decide who makes it in uh, who gets a spot win percentage at this point, not actual points because everybody's played a different amount of games but then you bring those 16 teams back and you do play for the Stanley Cup if health conditions permit. Well, you can't do that without planning. It takes the NHL the entire summer to work out a schedule. They also then have to work out, Scott, if they come back, let's say they do a training camp late June, play July, regular season, August for the playoffs, into September, you award the cup at the end of September, take October off and come back in November. Well, now you have to have a short regular season schedule for next year, too. And you've got to figure out when you're going to do camp, what building availability is, how many games are you going to shorten it by, or do you push the season longer into July? Those are all things. So this year affects next year, too. And you have to have all those contingency plans already laid out, and I'm sure they do. So what's going to happen is when they get the all-clear to resume, They will have a plan out in the public pretty quickly. There's not going to be a whole lot of guessing here. They have their contingencies just depending on when this happens. I'm sure they also have a drop-dead date. And if it pushes out to, and I'm just making this up, I have no confirmation of this, but say July 15th, I don't know that you could play the season after July 15th, and maybe you just got to suck it up and move to next year.
0: True very good point Tom um, give a shout out to what you do because uh, talking puck is uh, is a great uh, twitch show which I, I you know I give you a lot of credit for that because that's a lot of a lot of fun to watch to see you and your guests and and co-hosts doing that show um, give a shout out to, to your twitch program and, and talking puck itself and what you guys like to talk about because it's good stuff
3: well uh, we do and so for those who might be interested in joining us on uh, Sunday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. What we do is we just talk hockey. Uh, it's myself. For folks who may not know, I'm the former voice of the National Predators. And, and I'm also joined by the former voice of the Colorado Avalanche, uh, Mike Haynes. He is on with me, and we do uh, just a roundtable-type discussion on Sunday nights for about an hour. We take questions from our audience who participate in the live chat uh, and I'm very active with the live chat and I'm always, you know, checking the comments and reading and and bringing up our topics. You know, people have questions, we do our best to answer them, uh, but it's not reviews of games. Anybody can give you a box score and a couple of highlights. What Mike and I do is we talk about the issues and we we have different opinions on things, he and I. Sometimes we agree, sometimes we don't. but we also sprinkle in some stories of our time in the league, and, and we've been around. Mike's won a couple of cups with the Avalanche through his years with them, um, and you know we still have our fingers on the pulse of what's going on in the world of hockey, and, and we love it. Uh, and you know it's it's something that I think is more relatable than your typical talking head show because we're fans of the game just like everybody else. We love it. We were able to make most of a career out of it. Obviously, we're not done yet um but we just enjoy it and so we're on twitch uh and we're on youtube and hopefully coming soon to mixer but it's sunday nights at nine o'clock you can go to talkingpuck.com uh that's kind of the the main website for everything but it's twitch.tv slash talking puck or i
0: shortened up the youtube link because youtube is all alphabet soup <laughs> right. so i made a short one. It's, That's, uh that's fantastic, Tom. I, I love to see it. I love to watch your show. Uh, keep it rolling. The hockey season, I believe, is is just going to be paused and it's going to roll on. I mean, that's my gut feeling. I hope that I'm right. Um, and then I think everything's going to be condensed. And when we look back at this, we're going to say, you know what? The NHL was ready for this. The AHL was ready for it. The, uh, the ACHA, as I was telling Stephen earlier, is they may be the most fortunate of all because they lost their national tournament. But it really doesn't affect them much through the summer months because they can pick it up and get rolling again the next uh, the next college academic year.
3: Right, and uh, you know that's going to be one of the nice things for them to to kind of get things going. And uh, I'm looking forward to it, Scott. I mean, who knows where you know life takes all of us here over the next several months? I'm sure there's going to be a lot of ups and downs, but. Um, you know, they continue to build in Arizona. Arizona State continues to build as well, both at the club level, which, by the way, shout out to Tate Green and the job he did this year. Um, holy cow, he turned that program around night and day different uh, from walking in the door. And you and I, when we were talking to him last year, he, he still had the gloves on up to his elbows and the creek cleaning solution and the mask and the, and the soap and the bubbles and everything because he knew he had some scrubbing to do. He's been doing it, and this year it showed. so um, that's going to be a great program, too, and a challenge for the, the Arizona Wildcats, too, for years to
0: come. And, you know, in addition to that, uh, Tom, and I know you saw Grand Canyon battle uh, U of A pretty pretty, pretty uh, fiercely, I would say, uh, all season long, and, and their program uh, growing as well with what Danny Droid doing there, so... Shout-out to them. Also, shout-out to the new uh, teams coming into the WCHL with UNLV, uh, Grand Canyon, and Utah joining the conference. I'm sure that's going to be exciting as well.
3: Yeah, it definitely is. And, you know, Grand Canyon is, is you know, uh, not behind the curve. That's not the right phrase because they're just getting to D1 this year. But they've got a lot of work to do. Uh, and I think they know that. And, and you know, things – especially in the early years, aren't going to go your way. And again, I'll reference Arizona when they went to D1. Things didn't go their way. They hung around. They could be competitive here and there, but then again, some nights you got to take your lumps and you take your medicine and you move on to the next game. That's where Grand Canyon is. Until they're able to build that program up a little bit more, it's going to take them a couple of years, um, but, that is exciting because now you do get to talk about the Utahs and the UNLVs um, and any of the other teams that end up. I feel like the conference is going to get bigger and bigger. Boy, I would love it if NAU
0: would decide to join the conference. Which, I mean, that's a whole other kettle of fish. Uh, but, you, you, uh, and every coach in the conference would love that. I think, uh, Tom.
3: Yeah, I, I mean, it would really help them out with travel costs and everything like that. But they've got to, they've got to decide to make the jump too. Um, And who knows if that's actually going to happen or not. But you know what, Scott? It's a great time in the Southwest for hockey. Um, I think people are waking up to, if they haven't in the last couple of years, they're still waking up to the fact that it's a great sport. Um, It's tremendous entertainment, and it's, it's just incredibly fun to watch and be a part of. And so I hope that, you know, the traditions continue to grow at all of these
0: schools. Tom, thanks so much for jumping in. I, I know I gave you a little more than a short notice, <laughs> but you always step up for me. I always appreciate it. Uh, I do want to shout out again in, in memory of uh, Tim Gasson, our good friend. Um, you know, a, a lot of this came together for you and I because of Tim, and, and I know you saw what's happened, and, and I think it's only fair that, that, uh, that we shout him out because uh, what a great person and what a great hockey lover Tim Gasson was.
3: Yeah, I still—I uh, mean, I still think about him, and there's times I still wish I could just pick up the phone and and reach out to him. But uh, you know, it's—you it's, uh, know—Tim was a champion of the sport, and he loved his Wildcats, he loved his Ohio State Buckeyes, uh, but he loved the sport of hockey, and uh, you know, it's—that's it's, a guy you can't replace. And so, yeah, I'll, I, I still miss him, and I know I, I always will. So, thing too and I, I want to tell folks who listen to this podcast and got to follow you or follow me like we're always on Twitter you and I are very accessible on Twitter so if you want to follow us on Twitter too to keep this discussion going and
0: I'm going to end it with this Tom is that uh, coach Berman told me last summer when I had a chance to visit with him, when he was going through his health problems that he, he, he changed his philosophy. He looked at uh, adversity as an opportunity. And I've been telling people that ever since I love that phrase. And I don't think anything stands out more than the adversity that we've all faced. And certainly right now, no better time to say, uh, look at this adversity as an opportunity and do the very best you can. Tom Callahan, Thanks so much for joining us. We're going to have you on many more times, and uh, please believe me, my friend. We're gonna we're gonna get through this all.
3: Yeah, uh, there's no other way but forward, Scott. That's all we got.
0: Thank you, Tom. Have a good evening. Okay.
3: All right, Scott. Take care. Stay healthy.
0: All right, so uh, folks, you had a chance to listen. We ran a little over tonight, Stephen. You still there with me?
1: Yes, I'm still here.
0: <laughs> I hope you could hear the conversation. I feel bad I couldn't interact. It uh, Tom had some problem getting onto the, uh, the show link, but uh, we did have a great conversation. I hope you're able to hear it. No, I did. I, I
1: heard, heard it pretty well, and a uh, uh, lot of great uh, insight there. He's somebody that obviously knows knows hockey very well and uh, provided a lot of great insight there, and so it was, uh, it was good that you are able to, to get him on and be able to talk with him for a few minutes.
0: Alright, let's let's uh, let's close the show out tonight, Stephen, by talking a little bit about the uh, the future. Like I said, uh, we'll be back next week. We're going to uh, try to work on getting some more guests. I reached out to some of the coaches. I think uh, if we can get more coaches up, assistant coaches, uh, maybe some decision makers. There's some things going on uh, at U of A where they're going to be hopefully presenting something in April to uh, get a building of their own. There's a new building coming at Arizona State. There's uh the things happening up at UNLV, so we'll we'll try to, to stay involved with that and keep going and do what we can, um, but hopefully the uh, things just keep rolling, and, and more importantly, everybody stays safe and gets better, and certainly up in Vegas as well, so Stephen, thanks for joining me. You got any last words for our, for our audience?
1: Uh, no, it was a great. great show as always. Uh, I should mention the winner of the simulated game, 5-2 to two in favor of the Coyotes, so... <laughs> The Coyote fans will be happy to hear that they uh, they won five to two in in uh, Sim City as they tweeted out the Coyotes did. So there you go.
0: Folks. <laughs> I love it. Keeping <laughs> track of the of the simulated <laughs> game going on. All right, folks. Have a great evening. From my co-host Stephen Marsh up in Las Vegas, Nevada. This is Scott Strandy from Scottsdale, Arizona. Have a great evening. We'll see you next week on Club Hockey Southwest Weekly.
1: Be safe, everybody.